I think the, the main agenda at that time was really to convince ourselves that the primary action of opiates, when they acted on their receptors, was to open potassium channels. About that time, 1978, I think, uh, there was a nice paper out of Jerry Fishback's group which showed that opiates and some other substances like GABA and noradrenaline had another action on nerve cells, was to, which was to reduce calcium inflow, a closing of calcium channels. And there was quite a bit of controversy going on at that time, until several years later we actually worked out that opiates do both these things. They act on the same receptor. In some cells, their main effect is to open potassium channels. In other cells, or even in other parts of the same cell, their main effect is to close down calcium channels. Both these can explain the inhibition of release of acetylcholine or noradrenaline. So they can both contribute to the inhibition of, of transmitter release. We defined the receptor on the neurons pretty carefully. We'd got a very good understanding of the potassium channels that were opened when this receptor was activated. We did not know how these two connected together. And the real clue to that came from an experiment that was originally done in Bertil Hilly's lab, not on opiates, but on muscarinic receptors. And they showed that a G protein was involved in transducing the effects of the muscarinic receptor. We immediately tested the hypothesis that a G protein was an intermediate between the opiate receptor and the potassium channel. And as soon as we did that experiment, we found obvious positive results. So there were now three players in the act. There was the opiate receptor, there was a potassium channel, and there was a G protein involved in transducing between them. So the late 70s and the early 80s were a major advance to start taking slices of brain tissue and just treating them in the same way that we treated the enteric neurons, keep them alive for 10, 12 hours, so that we could record from the cells one by one and so that we could apply known concentrations of antagonists. This allowed us to characterize receptors on brain neurons in a way which had never been done before. So we just translated everything we've been doing in the peripheral cells to pieces of tissue in the brain. The first one was a locus ceruleus, but then we moved to other places, the spinal cord. We moved to more relevant places, places that are more likely to be involved in understanding opiate action. The locus ceruleus has no special role in opiates, but when you go to the dopamine cells in the ventral tegmental area, then they are likely to have a much bigger role in terms of understanding opiate action. I think by the early 80s, we'd, we were in a position we could take, take the brain and record from virtually any part of the central nervous system by taking a slice of tissue and keeping it alive in an in vitro situation.